Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Ralph Ellis back with us, trained in mineral surveying, but became a computer analyst. He then retrained himself as a flying instructor and airline captain, Ralph has been exploring biblical and natural history for more than 40 years, has written at least 14 books on many of these subjects. He has also written an influenced peer-reviewed paper on climate change. Ralph, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. Good to be with you, George. Uh, yeah, and it's good morning over here. Absolutely. i got to tell you, my 21-year-old granddaughter has her commercial pilot's license and has been offered a job by United when she gets her 1,000 hours, of which she's got about 400 now. Isn't that something? Uh, that 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you've got to start at some age, but that will be great if you can get into the majors. Uh, I was in the um, smaller airlines, you might say, and it was less stable. Did you have fun? Uh, yeah, we had fun, although aviation has changed a great deal in the uh, 40 years that I was uh, associated with it, so it's a very different animal now. I'm convinced, Ralph, that the solar system through the sun is heating up. What do you think of that? Uh, the TSI, they call it, the uh, total solar index, has not changed. So the uh, total amount of energy from the sun never changes um, within plus or minus half a percent. The only thing that really changes, which is still being investigated, but not by many people, only by Svensmark, I think is the name of the guy, is the um, magnetic uh, flux from the sun. Now, that does change quite a bit. And there are some people investigating to see whether the mag magnetic flux will actually change weather wow, that's climate intriguing. on the Earth. What's going on with the, uh, all this talk about ice ages, meltings, and things like that? Well, um, yes, if you want to talk about um, modern climate, yeah, there is no evidence that CO2 is causing that, and that's uh, something they don't talk about very much. Um, and and we, we have an idea that CO2 is not necessarily the controlling agent, A, because of my peer review paper that I wrote, uh, Modulation of Ice Ages, 
by dust and albedo. Now, that's concerned with uh, ice ages in the past. But, you know, what happens in the past might reflect on the future, on, on you know, current warming. Uh, and we, we sort of know that CO2 is not involved uh, because the troposphere is not warming. Now, when they started this uh, CO2 greenhouse warming business, they predicted that the uh, tropical troposphere, that's from you know, 500 foot up to 30,000 foot in the atmosphere, that would warm because that is the very basis of the greenhouse warming effect is a warmer troposphere. Now, that has never really happened to the extent that they said it would. And therefore, we can be fairly sure that it's not CO2 that's causing the warming. How many trackable ice ages have we had, Ralph, on this planet? Uh, we've had about uh, eight of the major ones. So from uh, 800,000 years ago is when these big ice ages started. And we've had eight. So they last for about 100,000 years. So we get about 90,000 years of cooling and then 10,000 years of warming, which is known as an interglacial. And we are in an interglacial now. It's known as the um, Holocene. And it's been going on for about, oh, about 15,000 years or so. Why are they so cyclical, Ralph? Uh, well, that's a very good question. This is why I got involved in this, actually, is because nobody has explained why these uh, ice ages actually occur. Uh, we know it's something to do with orbital cycles because these orbital cycles can change the amount of sunlight, the strength of the sunlight hitting um, the northern and southern latitudes, high latitudes. So, you know, up in Canada sort of thing. Um, and by a significant amount, you know, 25%, 30%, you know, it's quite a large increase in strength of the sun during one of these um, peaks in the cycle. It's a 22,000 year cycle. Um, so we've known it's something to do with that for quite some time. But there is a problem which was never explained until my uh, peer review paper on this, in that many of these peaks in this uh, uh, strength of sunlight, the orbital cycles, do not cause any warming. Now that's odd because you have a cycle and it only acts once in every four or five times do you actually get an interglacial. And that's very difficult to explain. And it was never explained previously when they were trying to use CO2 as the feedback agent that was actually um, controlling and assisting in um, interglacials. So, um, and my idea, of course, is, has nothing to do with CO2. It has to do with dust on ice sheets. And we have an ice age. When we have an ice age, Ralph, what's the definition of that? I mean, what happens during an ice age? Well, uh, the polar regions will cool um, by up to 14 degrees centigrade. So, oh, what's that? It's about 28 Fahrenheit or something. So, yeah, it's quite a that's lot. A, that's a lot. Um, and, and both poles will cool. The tropics don't. The tropics will only go in Fahrenheit terms. Uh, they will reduce by about four or five uh, degrees in Fahrenheit. But the poles really cool down over a long, long period of time. 90,000 years, they're cooling. Um, and you get these great ice sheets which come down almost to sort of New Yorkish, that sort of um, uh, far south, 
Uh, and so it's a very, very different climate. And then suddenly all of that ice disappears. Within 5,000 years, all of that ice will melt. So it's an incredibly fast, very um, intensive process. So we have to be looking for a feedback agent that is very, very powerful. And that's what CO2 never explained. It's just simply not powerful enough to actually do that. Now, have we had ice ages where there were humans around or not? Uh, yeah, humans were around, that's for sure. We've been around for a million years or so. That is what's currently thought. Um, obviously, we didn't live uh, that far north because of the ice sheets. And we're going to talk about megaliths later on. Yeah. The major megaliths in, in England, Stonehenge and Avebury, are just about clear of the ice sheet. So the ice sheets came down to about where I am, I suppose, down to Chester, Liverpool sort of way, Manchester, that, that sort of um, far south. And then they stopped at that point. So, yeah, I, I don't think England would have been a very satisfactory place to live, really, during the Ice Age. But certainly France and Spain and places like that, no problem at all. It would have been very balmy and nice. We had a guest who's passed on, Ralph, uh, who has written books about coming ice ages. He believes we're in a, one now starting. But the cover of his book, which was not by fire but by ice, was uh, the picture of a city with tall skyscrapers, and he had the ice up to the top of the skyscraper. Will it get that yeah. high? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the ice sheets were three kilometers Oh, my so God. 10,000 foot. Huge. Oh, yeah, over Canada. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of ice. That's why it caused such a change in the climate and a change in the sea levels. The sea levels went down by 150 meters. What's that? That's sort of like 450 foot or something. Um, so, yeah, it made huge, great changes. Um, and, uh, yes, the, you would get at that amount of ice. Um, now, Looking forward to the next ice age, um, we're in a benign era in these orbital cycles. So they, they fluctuate and they change uh, depending on the eccentricity of the orbit of the Earth. And for the next 50,000 years or 70,000 years, we're in a period when we don't have very big fluctuations. And so to get an ice age, you need what I call a great winter. Um, so we have great summers and great winters, and they act very much like a normal summer and winter, except they last, you know, 22,000 years. Um, and the next great winter, which we're just going into now, uh, is very mild, I would say. We're almost at the bottom of it. So it's not a very deep, great winter. And so I don't know if it's cool enough to actually force another ice age. And the other thing is, of course, with my paper that I've written, we know exactly how to overcome an ice age now. Uh, we can actually, with our technology, we can overcome them and prevent the next ice age. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. 
my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know some regions in the United States have had a very mild winter so far. I mean, in St. Louis in the Midwest, uh, temperatures of yeah, 60, 70 degrees. have had quite a, quite a deep winter. Freezing. They've got a, an awful lot of snow in California, which they've not had for like 10 years. Exactly. Why, why, yeah. why does it fluctuate um, like, like that? Oh, it always has. If you look at the uh, climate for places like California, this is what I don't like about climate science is they don't um, tell you about the history of the climate. Uh, California has had droughts and floods. You know, it's, it's like Australia. It's a, it's a land of droughts and floods, and it's been doing that for hundreds of years. Um, one of the good guys who points all of this out is Tony Heller, if you look up on his site, and he likes going into the past and digging into the past and saying, actually, this happened 100 years ago. This happened 150 years ago. These uh, climate events, which they like to blame on uh, you know, CO2 and global warming, have happened in the past. There are some mm, truths with, which they're not telling you. The big one in America is that uh, tornadoes in America the number of strong tornadoes, F3 to F5 tornadoes, has been going down, decreasing for 70 years. Wow. And they won't tell you that. But that's, that's standard data. You've only got to go onto the um, uh, NOAA website, N-O-A-A, the National mm -hmm. Oceanic and Atmospheric 
Administration or something. Administration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go onto their site or just do an, an image search, you know, for the graph, um, strong tornadoes, look it up. And they have been going down for 70 years. The other one they won't tell you about is that uh, hurricanes, um, tropical cyclones in general, have been going down for 120 years. They've been decreasing. Are the ones that are around still big? Yeah, um, there's been slight changes in the size of them, but there are two sites you can go on to check this data. One is Dr. Ryan Mao, M-A-U-E, I think it's spelt, and he does the satellite data, so that's from 1976 or something, um, and it's remained static since that time. And then the other one is a paper. It's a recent paper. It came out in uh, just late last year, I think. And uh, that's by Chand et al. Decreasing, uh, decreasing hurricane frequency uh, during global warming or something it's called. And that measures, uh, it's got a graph there of... Uh, tropical cyclones from about 18, 1850 or something. And it's been going down ever since that time. So when they're talking about, you know, hurricanes are getting worse, tornadoes are getting worse, that is completely not true. And you can look up the data yourself and see that they are lying to you. And uh, if, if, if they're only cherry picking data or giving you the wrong data, that is no longer science. That is politics, basically. And that's what they're playing. Ralph, what got you into interest with the Ice Age and climate change? Uh, well, it's mainly because, you know, I'm a, I'm a truth seeker. My, my normal job in, in this regard is looking at the historicity of biblical texts, uh, which I've been very successful at. I've written 12 books on that, I think. Um, you know, finding the history the biblical characters in the historical record. So it's a search for the truth. And I've always been interested in climate because, I mean, that's been a part of my job. I've been a pilot for 40 years. Uh, we, we research the weather and the climate every time you go into work, basically. Um, and I came across just by accident, you know, this site that was talking about ice ages, and they didn't know how ice ages worked. I, this was, uh, you know, 10 years ago or so. The paper was written six years ago. And I couldn't believe that in the 21st century, nobody knew how ice ages worked, how they were controlled, because it was quite apparent that CO2 was not responsible. Um, there's, there's a little thing about uh, ice ages that is, is kept very quiet. Um, when... Uh, because they say that CO2 is the feedback agent, of course. So when CO2 is high during ice ages, the world cools. And when CO2 is low, the world warms. It's a contrarian response because, of course, we're told that CO2 is, is the primary feedback controlling temperature. And yet during the ice ages, the temperature does the complete opposite. Are there some areas on the planet, Ralph, that will escape an ice age, or does the entire planet get hit? Uh, everything apart from the tropics. The tropics doesn't change much at all, but north and south are both hit by the ice age. It gets cold uh, in both, both ends of the planet. 
Um, but the other oddity is that all of the interglacials are northern hemisphere interglacials. So these orbital cycles, they, they uh, are equal and opposite. So you get a cycle in the north and then a cycle in the south. Um, but all of the interglacials are associated with northern cycles. And again, that would not happen if CO2 was the feedback agent. Um, you would get them on either north or south orbital cycles. But we don't. We only get them in the north. And again, CO2 not, would not do that. Um, so you have to have a different feedback agent. And, and my feedback agent is dust, not CO2. And um, that's interesting because it has implications for modern climate. You know, if CO2 is sure. not the major operator during ice ages, then perhaps it's not the major operator during the modern climate. Did the CO2 levels during the dinosaur era excel or exceed what we have today? Oh, yes, yeah. During the Jurassic and Cretaceous, uh, they were six times higher than wow. now. And we didn't have and any factories right. and plants in those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't have any of that. But also, the biosphere was fine. You know, you, you, you have the Greta the Gremlin um, with their tales of doom, you know, if CO2 goes above a certain level, every, everything on Earth will die. Well, sorry, during the Jurassic era and the Cretaceous, uh, CO2 was six times higher and the biosphere thrived because CO2 is plant food, of course. Um, plants love it. Without CO2, all life on, on Earth will die. It's gone, yeah. And we will come to that with the Ice Ages. But during the Jurassic era... The, the, you know, the enormous size of dinosaurs was only caused by extra CO2. What would, you, extra, what, what would you do with 4 billion people who lived in an Ice Age area when this is happening? Do you, do you evacuate uh, them? Yeah, you would. I mean, you couldn't live up in the north, not with... <laughs> three kilometers of ice no. on top of the um, continents. So everyone would have to retreat down to uh, the tropical regions. Um, and how long and would so, it yeah, take to melt? Squished. How long would all that ice melt? How long? Uh, well, it took 90,000 years to build in the last ice age and only 5,000 years to get rid of it. It melts um, pretty darn fast. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.